It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented by FantasyPoints.com. We love FantasyPoints.com. That's our go-to site for fantasy football information of any kind, dynasty, DFS, season long. You got it. You need it. You'll love it. At FantasyPoints.com, just make sure you use the code FEAST. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, bunch of teams, had a blast, 2001 to 2008. Now I got a bunch of podcasts, and I'm having a blast doing these. Hopefully you heard Andrew Brandt on today's Ross Tucker football podcast. We do two episodes of the Fantasy Feast podcast every week during the season. One drops Wednesday early afternoon. The other one drops Wednesday night after midnight. We don't want your podcast apps to go crazy. Joe will give you some tips in terms of how he feels about different players for lineup decisions. And of course, also some quarterback streamers, some defensive streamers, especially now when we are into bye season. He is Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan, one of the best fantasy analysts in the business and one of the co-owners of FantasyPoints.com, where you use code FEAST. Send that to us, ross at rosstucker.com. And if you have a specific question for your team, if you send it to me, I'll ask it of Joe that week. So sign up for FantasyPoints.com, send me an email Monday or Tuesday or even Wednesday morning, and I'll ask Joe right here on the show. Joe, it's a bizarre week. We had a game last night, but we don't have a game tomorrow night. No, we don't. No Thursday night game, and I I think uh, a lot of research is getting pushed back. You know, some of the – some of like the, the the charting sites aren't fully updated yet, which is pushing things back a little bit with the Tuesday night game, and um, it's it's going to be a challenging week. But uh, fortunately, you don't need to set your lineups until Sunday morning this week, so you don't need to make any decisions on Thursday. So in that way, it's kind of an old school week, uh, with the exception, of course, of the fact that there's two Monday night games. Uh, well, well, there's a Monday afternoon game this week. Uh, just uh, a, a completely bizarre week and a bizarre season, but. You know, Ross, it is, it, it's a different season. It's a difficult season. We're going through all kinds of things here. Um, but I, I'm, I think we're all grateful, ultimately, that we're having football. And the product itself, when you're watching it on television, looks like football. You know, it's not, um, it's not like, it's not fake football. It, it, you can escape when the game is actually on. And then, unfortunately, during the week, we have to deal with everything that's going on around us. But overall, it was good to see all the NFL teams back in action. Let's get to Denver at New England, uh, a game that was pushed back a week. Yeah. You know, as of when we're recording this, uh, Melvin Gordon just got a DUI. Yes, he did. And the Patriots may or may not have Cam Newton. So good luck, Joe. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's let let's uh, start with the Broncos because the the story for the Broncos. It, uh, a number one is will Drew Locke play? That's number one. Um, but the story for the Broncos, 
was going to be what would the rotation look like with Melvin Gordon and, and Philip Lindsay. Now the question becomes, is Vic Fangio going to discipline Melvin Gordon? Um, normally the NFL waits until the investigation is over to hand out discipline for things like that, but that doesn't prevent the team from doing so. So let's see if it does Melvin Gordon get benched. Does he, you know, the old college coach thing, does he sit a quarter? You know, does he sit a half? Does he sit a game? I don't know. That's something we're going to have to research this week. So I would bump up personally Philip Lindsay on my personal depth chart if I had him, just on the hunch that um, they could move on uh, and and uh, and put, put Melvin Gordon discipline him somehow. They're not going to cut him, but like discipline him somehow. Um, uh, for for Denver, obviously we need to see if Drew Locke comes back to to raise the ceiling of that offense. On and uh, moreover. Does Stephon Gilmore play? Uh, is he going to be there to, to to try to shut down Jerry Judy? Or if Noah Fant is ready to play, does Bill Belichick decide we're going to put Gilmore on Fant the way uh, he, he double-teamed Darren Waller a couple weeks ago and took Darren Waller out of that game? So there are so many moving pieces here for Denver. It's not a great matchup for the Broncos either way. But if Stephon Gilmore doesn't play, it kind of raises the ceiling of this offense. But there are so many questions with the Broncos right now that answering them with any degree of certainty on a Wednesday, frankly, is foolish. Patriots would seem to be very dependent on whether or not Cam Correct. plays. Your thoughts on their skill, guys? Uh, well, um, it was good to see Damian Harris gain 100 yards. Uh, I really like that player. Um, and, and it was good to see him run for over 100 yards in his uh, – I don't want to call it his NFL debut, but it kind of was. I mean, he barely played as a rookie. He got a start and ran for over 100 yards, and it was a, a nice performance for him. He's my favorite of their backs. Uh, I mean, aside from James White, who we know what his role is. Um, I was shocked. First and foremost, Brian Hoyer was terrible in that game, but I was shocked with how bad Julian Edelman was. I, I mean, drop passes. He had the drop pass right into the defender's hand, uh, Matthew's hand that led to the uh, Jared Stidham's pick six. Um, right now, uh, when it comes to uh, uh, New England, the only two guys I'm really comfortable saying that you can put in your lineup are Damian Harris and James White, maybe with a dash of Edelman. Um, good to see Nikhil Harry make some plays physically. The problem with him is he just does not look fast to me. And I know that's not his game, um, but he just doesn't look like he moves all that well. So I'm still a little skeptical of Nikhil Harry. Next game, it's the Houston Texans who moved the ball better against Jacksonville for sure. Brandon Cooks had a big game. They're going against the Tennessee Titans who looked really good last night, Joe. Uh, yeah, the Titans looked awesome. Um, is the NFL going to punish them at some point? I don't know. You would think because there was clear COVID uh, protocols um, uh, broken here. But, I mean, for right now, you look at what the, how the team performed. Derrick Henry literally stole Josh Norman's soul out of his body, um, uh, ran for two touchdowns, even though he didn't have a great game. A.J. Brown looked awesome in that game. Jonu Smith right now is a weekly starter at tight end. I mean, you, you just can't you, you, uh, you can't bench Jonu Smith right now. Ryan Tannehill is a start-worthy quarterback. You know, I've gotten a lot of questions from people who might have lost Dak Prescott this week to injury, and they're like, man, I don't know what to do. Tannehill's out there. And I'm like, pick up Tannehill. The guy looks awesome. He's running. Uh uh, I, I don't know, know if you saw that, Ross. I was afraid he blew his knee out on his touchdown celebration. That did not look good, but uh, he rec- he was uh, fortunately okay. But the Titans right now are a beautiful, narrow fantasy team. You start Tannehill, you start Jonu Smith, you start Derrick Henry, you start A.J. Brown. 
Corey Davis is still on the COVID list, but all four of those guys are in your lineup right now. You know, especially you lost Dak Prescott. Maybe you got a quarterback on by this week. You, Justin Herbert's on by. He, you might have been streaming him. Um, Ryan Tannehill is a start-worthy quarterback. There's no two ways about that. Um, what about on the other side for the Texans? Uh, well, one thing that they did was they threw the ball down the field a lot, and they used a lot more play action than they were using under Bill O'Brien. And, you know, Deshaun Watson's an aggressive thrower. And and I think you have to live – I kind of view him similarly, Ross, uh, to Carson Wentz. You, you have to live with the boneheaded decisions – taking too many sacks, maybe throwing an interception that he shouldn't have because he's going to take risks and he's going to allow his receivers to make plays. And they unleashed Brandon Cooks. I said last week, or I might have said it on this this podcast actually, that I thought Brandon Cooks was droppable. Well, I didn't realize how big a part of the offense he would be uh, without Bill O'Brien there. So right now, uh, Brandon Cooks is probably on the wide receiver three radar. I think you have to suck it up and start Will Fuller each and every week. I understand the problems with him, but you start him every week. Deshaun is back to being a every week starter at quarterback. Again, we just lost an elite fantasy quarterback this week. Um, so Deshaun Watson is raised up the the bar, um, uh, the food chain rather. And David Johnson's like an RB too. I mean, I, I still don't think he looks great. Um, but he had a decent uh, yards per carry average, was gaining chunks of yards on the ground. You kind of have to play him right now because he's getting the ball enough to justify it. Next game is one I'm really interested in. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Your thoughts on Cleveland first, Joe? Well, I, don't, I still don't think Baker's throwing the ball all that well. Um, he's he's doing a good job operating the offense, but I don't think he's throwing the ball all that well. And this, this is a tough matchup for them because it's hard to run on Pittsburgh. And Miles Sanders had the 76-yard touchdown against Pittsburgh last week, but I think it was I think he gained like six yards on his other ten carries. Like Pittsburgh was in that Philadelphia backfield. I think Cleveland's line is healthier and better than Philly's right now, but it's a tough matchup for Kareem Hunt, and uh, so they're going to have to get it done through the air. Um, uh, we saw Philadelphia have some success throwing the throwing the ball against Pittsburgh uh, with Travis Fulgham. You know Carson Wentz allowing his receiver to go up there and make some plays. So I think it's like Odell's back on like the wide receiver two radar. Landry, you can throw in there as a low-end wide receiver three. The numbers were not great for those guys uh, against against Indianapolis last week. And you have to play Kareem Hunt. He's an RB1, and he's going to catch the football. The question I have, is Austin Hooper usable now? And I'm still not sure I'm there yet, but he got 10 targets. So um, I, I think he's, he's, he's back to being a little bit more in uh he should be in your thought process as opposed to a guy who should be on your waiver wire you know i'm gonna say something here joe i don't know if you noticed it but you watch the end of that colts browns game the last couple throws that baker made after he got injured Mm -hmm. he he did not look good and he was wincing and going like this after the throw i'm skeptical of both his availability, availability, and yeah. performance and production on Sunday. I'm just saying, keep that in mind when you watch that game. Uh, and I think it's totally fair, Ross, because, like, like I said, um, I didn't think he was throwing the ball great before he got hurt. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not trying to tell you Baker Mayfield should be benched or anything like that. I just don't. I still think he's the one guy on Cleveland that they're trying to get into the rhythm of this new offense. And being injured against this Pittsburgh defense, not not a great combination. You're 100% right. 
All right. What about Pittsburgh on the other side? Chase Claypool? I yeah. Mean, how, many, how many leagues was he not even on a team? Uh, about 90%. Uh, the, I think he was in uh, – I think he was available in 89% of Yahoo leagues um, – before waivers process and Yahoo actually was late processing waivers this week. They're not processing until Thursday morning because of the Tuesday night game. Um, so uh, he was, he was on the waiver wire in most leagues. Um, the question now becomes, did he do so much in that game that they're now going to change their passing game and involve him more? Deontay Johnson has been snake bitten this year. He had the concussion. Um, and then in this game against Philly, he leaves in the first quarter uh, after taking a helmet to the back uh, on a punt return. Um, Mike Tomlin said he didn't think the injury was serious, but I want to see what this rotation looks like. The biggest issue I had about that game against Philly is Juju Smith-Schuster was a ghost even after Deontay Johnson left the game. And it, was that because Chase Claypool was was getting wide-ass open? Sure. Um, but Juju is not a weekly starter anymore. You don't have to start him. Um, he's a wide receiver three to me. Um, I'd be benching Deontay, and I think you can consider Chase Claypool a wide receiver three this week to see if there is an, an advantage now um, with him uh, over Deontay Johnson because of, frankly, because of availability. All right, Baltimore is in Philly, Joe. Mm-hmm. And I guess the Philly question is, I got a couple of them for you. First one is Fogum. I mean, um, is this... Is this real? Are you telling people put him in your lineup this week? Uh, a bad matchup, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, Ross, you've done the Eagles preseason games. You're close with the organization. You know what kind of quarterback Carson Wentz is. Carson Wentz wants to make plays. He wants to trust his receivers, and he wants his receivers to go attack the football. I haven't seen an Eagle receiver attack the football the way Travis Fulgham did since Alshon Jeffrey in 2017. Like, I mean, that that is, I, I mean, frankly, that's what they drafted J.J. Ortega-Whiteside to do. He just hasn't done it. And, and uh, he hasn't earned the opportunity to do it. Travis Fulgham has. And I'm not telling you Travis Fulgham is, you know, by, by most accounts, this is probably going to be his career game. There are some great receivers in the NFL who haven't had a 10-catch, 150-yard, one-touchdown game. So it's probably going to be his career game. But what I do know is Carson Wentz is going to throw the ball to somebody he trusts, and right now he trusts Fulgham. I don't care if Alshon Jeffrey and or Deshaun Jackson are back this week. Fulgham is the guy making plays. Zach Ertz looks like he's running in quicksand. Um, and nobody else is getting open for Philadelphia. Uh, Fulgham is the guy who's a wide receiver three right now. The problem is it's a really bad matchup for Philadelphia against Baltimore. So I think Fulgham's a wide receiver three. Ertz is, Ertz is a player I, I am really struggling. I 15 receiving yards the last two weeks when Philadelphia has practice squad wide receivers. That's not going to cut it. And it's sure not going to get Zach Ertz paid the way he wants to get paid. I wonder if he's fighting through something. I wonder if I can't imagine he'd be dealing with confidence. This is a guy who has over 500 career receptions, but there's, there's something going on there. And Carson Wentz can't trust him right now. He caught one of six targets against Pittsburgh and was knocked off his route on one of Carson Wentz's interceptions last week. Yeah, and it, it is kind of weird for sure um, because it seems like he and Wentz almost like aren't on the same page. What about Baltimore, who, you know, I went on a radio station this yeah. week in Baltimore. They've won the last two games by 14 and 24 points, and they're wondering what's wrong. Yeah, it's and like I said, you know, I wrote a column this week for FantasyPoints.com kind of just about the quarterback position. And how Lamar Jackson, uh, frankly, is not producing anywhere close to what you drafted him to do. He had only three rushing yards. And you have to wonder if that knee injury that popped up last week was affecting him. But the problem is he's not throwing the ball well. 
And, and fortunately, both Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews have produced this year. Andrews more so than Brown. But Lamar's not throwing the ball well. The thing I would expect Baltimore to do, though, is exploit Philadelphia's god-awful linebacking core. And Baltimore is about the level-worst matchup Philadelphia can have when it comes to their terrible linebacking group because Baltimore obviously can do all the shifts and misdirections with the quarterback runs, the backfield, and then Mark Andrews across the middle of the field. This is a nightmare matchup for Philadelphia's back seven. Um, if Lamar is anywhere close to the mover that he that he should be, um, which he wasn't against Cincinnati, uh, this I, I expect Lamar Jackson to get back on track this week against Philadelphia, and I expect a massive game for Mark Andrews with Nathan Gary running behind him 15 yards. I mean, this is a really bad matchup for, for, for Philly's defense. The problem with Baltimore is none of these running backs are producing this great run game and none of them are usable for fantasy. If you're plugging, I don't know why Jake, why JK Dobbins isn't getting more touches. I mean, he deserves them by all metrics. He is awesome right now, breaking tackles, creating explosive plays. He's just not getting touches. But right now, if you're playing Dobbins, Mark, Mark Ingram, you're basically praying for a touchdown. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on Mark Andrews. By the way, uh, he would be in a lot of my DFS lineups Absolutely. this week. Speaking of DFS, you know DraftKings is a, is the place for either DFS or the DraftKings Sportsbook, which is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus up to one thousand dollars. On top of that, great sign-up offer. DraftKings offers great odds boost every Sunday to help you make it rain. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSS, please, when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code ROSS to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey PA only, bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus, first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times play through. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sports for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Joe, are you gambling by putting guys from Washington or the Giants in your lineup? Oh, my Atlanta. Oh, boy. Um, Daniel Jones is fighting it right now, Ross. Uh and, you know, I, you never want to just call out a guy because I think the Giants are just putting him in a bad spot. But how many times – it seemed like every time he dropped back against Dallas, he was he was five-step drop, seven-step drop, nine-step, 11-step, 13-step, 15-step, which is a great Radiohead song, by the way, 15-step. Um, but, uh, I mean, he was just backing up and putting himself in a bad spot. and And he is really fighting it right now. Darius Slayton's in your lineup. Um, by the way, the one thing about the Giants I will say, I think Devontae Freeman looks damn good. Like, he's really got some juice in his legs. I think he's an RB2 right now because of the way he's running the football. Um, but, man, against this front seven, I know Washington's been banged up, but it's a tough matchup for Danny Dimes. Slayton, um, Devontae Freeman should be in your lineups. Evan Ingram can be, you know, looking back at that stat line, I know we had the rushing touchdown, but he actually only caught one pass against Dallas. Uh, it seemed like he was much more involved in that than that. And it probably because he, he was the receiver on the callback uh, fake field goal touchdown, but he's a guy you can throw in your lineup and hope he's involved a little bit more this week. But other than that, I mean, Daniel Jones is not even on the fan. There are so many good fantasy quarterbacks out there. Like, 
hell, pick up Andy Dalton this week. Andy Dalton could be a top 10 fantasy quarterback the rest of the way. Like, you, there's no need to play Daniel Jones. As for Washington? Um, great to see Alex Smith out there. Um, uh, for fantasy purposes, I hope Kyle Allen plays. Uh, I just think he can be a little bit more aggressive. You have to suck it up and play McLaren. Um, Antonio Gibson is a, an RB2, although J.D. McKissick got eight targets. And I think he's like third or fourth among running backs in targets, uh, which is uh, problematic. But it's Gibson, McLaren, or bust. I mean, the rest of this team stinks. Atlanta is at Minnesota. First game in the post-Dan Quinn era. Does that make a difference to you? Yeah, I mean, you saw – here's the difference between Dan Quinn and Bill O'Brien, by the way. Bill O'Brien lost the locker room with the Texans. I, I think they actively disliked playing for him. I have never gotten that impression with Dan Quinn. And I just saw right before we came on the podcast, Ross, Dan Quinn writing a letter to the fans of the Falcons in the city of Atlanta. And I don't, I don't think I've ever heard somebody suggest that Dan Quinn – is somebody players don't like playing for. I mean, obviously the Falcons had banged their heads off the ceiling, but Dan Quinn, I don't know if the Falcons are, are really going to rally the way the Texans did. I, I don't know about that. The thing that's the problematic for the Falcons right now is Matt Ryan does, is not playing well. And I know Julio's not out there. That's going to affect things. But still, that interception in the end zone that was intended for Russell Gage was just an absolutely pathetic throw by Matt Ryan. Um, they're just not getting it done um, through the air. So Russell Gage, I mean, it, with Matt Ryan not playing well, Russell Gage and, and Hayden Hurst, you bench him right now. Hayden Hurst had two catches for eight yards on six targets last week. So he was getting the targets. He just didn't produce. Gage was targeted in the end zone on that interception. It's Ridley. It's Gurley as an RB2. If Julio plays, I'm more into Matt Ryan in this matchup. But Ryan is a guy who's benchable right now. For instance, I would bench Matt Ryan for Andy Dalton right now. I would do it. Like I, I just feel better about Dalton's situation then with the way Ryan's playing, you don't have to force a quarterback who is underachieving into your lineup because of all the good quarterback options out there. What about Minnesota? They've been pretty consistent offensively. Yeah. I do not expect Dalvin Cook to play. No, he won't play. Um, oh, he has the adductor strain, and they have a bye next week. There's no reason he's going to play. So, Ross, welcome to Alexander Madison week. The Federalist is going to be in everybody's lineup for DFS, um, as he should be. Um, so basically, he's just replacing, like, for instance, I would we would probably rank Dalvin Cook like three or four this week at running back. Alexander Madison is going to rank like three or four this week at running back. You just plug him in. Um, he's, he's an RB1 this week. I think Cousins is a viable streamer against this defense, uh, as he was last week. He didn't play great last week, but he, he is a viable streamer. Thielen is a wide receiver one. And Justin Jefferson, he had a bad game this past week. Uh, I mean, I don't know if he played poorly. Just statistically, he had a bad game. He's a wide receiver three. Those are those, are those narrow Minnesota Vikings, Ross. The one thing I will keep an eye on, and this is not for this week, but for upcoming bye weeks, who the hell knows what's going to happen with COVID. They made a point on their first two plays of the game. They targeted Irv Smith, the young tight end. Um, he caught four passes against Seattle. Just keep an eye on him. Maybe he emerges as the weapon I thought he was going to be. Um, I, I, I dropped him everywhere I drafted him, but I drafted him a lot in best ball as well. Maybe he does emerge. They made a focus to get Irv Smith the ball in that game against Seattle. Detroit and Jacksonville 
You know, the Jags have really struggled. What about Detroit coming off the bye? Well, I think uh, – I would hope – my hope for Detroit is that they have decided they want to get DeAndre Swift more touches. That's a hope. Uh, for right now, he's a low-end flex. Same with Adrian Peterson. If you play Peterson, you need a touchdown. That's what you need. Um, I think this is a good matchup, though, for Matthew Stafford. I think it's a great matchup for Kenny Galladay, and I think it's a good matchup uh, for TJ Hawkinson. Um, coming off the bye. Uh, Marvin Jones has been a ghost. He hasn't done anything uh, since Kenny Galladay got back. I think he has five targets total, so he should be on your bench. Um, Kenny Galladay, though, Jacksonville secondary has been really banged up. Uh, DJ Hayden went on IR. CJ Henderson uh, has missed time. So their secondary has been a real mess. Um, they, they can't really rush the passer. Josh Allen's been injured. Uh, so this is a good matchup, I think, for Detroit's offense across the board. Maybe Peterson's more of like a low-end RB2 because you think Detroit could put up points in this game. But as you know, Detroit, sometimes when you think game script's going to go their way, they find a way to mess it up. <laughs> um, what about Jacksonville? Uh, DJ Chark's dealing with an ankle injury, which is unfortunate. He's another one of those guys. I talked about how uh, Deontay Johnson's been kind of snake bitten. So has DJ Chark. Uh, James Robinson's an RB1. Um, if, if DJ Chark is limited or out, you can throw Keelan Cole and LaVisca Chenault in your lineups as uh, wide receiver threes. And Gardner Minshew, even with the injuries, this is what I'm talking about. He's another quarterback. He has scored virtually the same exact number of fantasy points as Lamar Jackson this year. That's And Lamar Jackson, look, Lamar is not producing the way you, you wanted him to, but he's still a top 12 quarterback in total scoring. Gardner Minshew is a top 12 quarterback in total scoring. So Gardner Minshew is a, a fine streamer against this Lions defense that has really struggled. The Lions play a lot of man, by the way. So Gardner Minshew, I think, is going to have a lot of defined throws. Well, that's interesting about Minshew. All right, Bengals at the Colts. Really disappointed by the Bengals' offensive performance in Baltimore, Joe. And really disappointed with the Colts' offensive performance <laughs> against Cleveland last week. Um, look, it was a bad game for Joe Burrow. Uh, he is now uh, running, I would f- say, pretty far behind Justin Herbert on the rookie of the year uh, on the rookie of the year list. Uh, might even be behind a couple of the receivers as well. Uh, but you would think, unfortunately for Burrow, this is another tough matchup. Uh, Cleveland, uh, Indianapolis went into the game against Cleveland as the number one DVOA defense uh, by football outsiders. Probably not there anymore. Um, I haven't checked this week, but uh, probably not there anymore. Uh, but it's still a tough matchup for Cincinnati and their offensive line. Uh, I think with, with Cincinnati, um, uh, we can we can send flowers to AJ Green's family. I mean, it is over. Uh, they, the T Higgins, uh, AJ Green goes down with a hamstring. He sat on the sidelines, apparently saying "trade me." He gave zero effort on tackling a defender after a Burrow interception. He wants out. He should be off of your fantasy team uh, unless you're holding him, praying that he gets traded and looks a hell of a lot better somewhere else than he's looked so far this year. So for Cincinnati, you, you have to play Mixon. Burrow is on your bench. Tyler Boyd is a wide receiver two. T. Higgins is a viable wide receiver three, but it is not a great matchup, not one I'm very excited about. Okay, then what about on the other side with the Colts? It doesn't seem like any of their guys are having great fantasy. No, and and I don't – Frank Reich is driving me nuts right now because the Colts are running this offense where – they understand they don't want Phillip Rivers dropping back 40 times, but they're not committing to the run. 
and they're not committing to Jonathan Taylor. And maybe Taylor hasn't looked as good as they had hoped, but they need a bigger commitment to Jonathan Taylor. And I would expect him well, – or I would hope he gets 20 carries this week against Cincinnati in a game the Colts should win. T.Y. Hilton finally, finally showed signs of life uh, uh, last week. However, unfortunately for him, signs of life are six catches for 68 yards on 10 targets. It was his only his second game in his last 10 in which he topped 10 PPR fantasy points. So he is not having a, a good season. They are overusing Trey Burton. I have no clue, Ross, what Mo Alley Cox needs to do to get more snaps, but he was third among tight ends in snaps and routes on the Colts alone this past week. I don't get it. He's somebody who's been making plays for them all season long. It, it's just bizarre to me. For the Colts, the only two guys I can consider for fantasy right now are Jonathan Taylor and T.Y. Hilton, and I'm not excited about Hilton. Finally, Joe, here in episode one, as you know, we do two episodes each week. We do all the early games in episode one, then we do the late game Sunday nighter, and this week two Monday nighters in episode two that will drop in your podcast app after midnight. Let's get to the Carolina Panthers hosting the Chicago Bears. Cannot say I thought this would be four and one versus three and two at this point of the season. I can say though, I am a fantasy genius who knew Robbie Anderson. Yes. We're going to be good as gold this year. Uh, and, you know, it was good to see DJ Moore have a couple nice games as well because he was the guy I think a lot of people were drafting, expecting him to play the Anderson role. You know, we talked last week, Ross, the, 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 the hidden variable that I didn't account for was Robbie Anderson being the complete receiver and DJ Moore being the deep threat. So, uh, obviously, Joe Brady has come in with different thoughts, and Robbie Anderson is – he's making a lot of people look stupid right now. Um, he, he, he was available for a – Pretty low-end contract. There's a lot of teams in the NFL who need receivers, including the New York Jets, who let him go, who uh, he would be making better right now. So, uh, And props to you for that. Um, for Carolina, again, another one of these quarterbacks uh, in, in uh, Teddy Bridgewater, who's producing big-time numbers at, where you don't need to panic at the quarterback position. And if you have a guy who's underachieving, like a Matt Ryan or Daniel Jones, just cut bait. Go get somebody off the waiver wire because you can find somebody. Teddy Bridgewater is one of those guys. Tougher matchup, though, uh, for Carolina. Mike Davis, it's a revenge game for Mike Davis. Uh, and he has been awesome. He has been uh, – And there's people out there saying, yeah, Mike Davis is a good RB2. Well, yeah, he's a really good RB2 because he's actually an RB1 right now. He is producing at an elite level uh, without Christian McCaffrey. So he's in your lineup. You play Anderson. You play DJ Moore. It's a tougher matchup for Teddy, but he can be in your lineup as well. Yeah, man, the Bears could use Mike Davis too. What a what a shame. Yeah. What a, speaking of the Bears, what do you got there? Well, um, I, I've been doing some reading about the Bears, and you know, you look at the numbers, and and on Thursday night, I didn't think Foles played great, but you could see the difference with him and Trubisky. And I did some reading with the Chicago Tribune, and uh, they uh, they talked to Dave Ragone, who's the passing game coordinator with with Chicago. And he said, you look at two throws that Foles has made the last two games. The 11-yard touchdown to Anthony Miller uh, against Atlanta, which was the game-winning touchdown. And then, um, then the 17-yarder on the wheel route to David Montgomery against Tampa that set up the game-winning field goal. And he said, here's what those throws show. Foles getting blitzed, 
trusting his receivers to make a play, trusting that his receivers are going to be in the right spot and giving them an opportunity to make a play. You just don't see that from Mitchell Trubisky, that level of trust in what in what the offense is presenting you. And that's why I thought Foles should have always been the starter here in Chicago because he's got the, he knows the offense and he trusts his receivers to make plays. I don't think Foles has played great. He really hasn't. And he's admitted it. He said he's I think he called the he he said the the rhythm of the offense was kind of um, inconsistent is, is what he said. and um, But you can see what Foles has done has opened up this offense for fantasy. Allen Robinson's been a stud since Foles took over. Um, Jimmy Graham is usable for fantasy. The guy who needs to get going in this game, though, on the ground is David Montgomery. Um, Carolina has hemorrhaged massive games to fantasy running backs, including two touchdowns to Todd Gurley last week. So this is a game... Uh, Chicago has just 63 yards on 30 carries the last two weeks. This is a game where David Montgomery needs to get off the schneid, and I expect he will. That'll do it for episode one of the show. That is so nice. We do it twice. Remember, there's so much more content, so much more in-depth info from Joe. Fantasypoints.com. Use the code FEAST so they know we sent you. And make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss what Joe has to say about the Sunday late games, Sunday night football, and Monday night football in episode two for week number six in the NFL here on the Fantasy Feast Eaton Podcast. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.